Welcome to the School of Travel's podcast. I'm your host, Becky Gillespie, and each week I bring you stories of how travel can truly change your life if you take the chance to get out on the road and step out of your comfort zone. My guests also share travel tips and lessons they've learned along the way, which I hope inspires you to let travel be your teacher. Welcome to the School of Travel's podcast. I'm your host, Becky Gillespie, and this is episode zero, or the very first episode. In this episode, I'd like to talk with you about why I'm making this podcast and what I hope to do as we go forward with future episodes. And of course, I'd like to tell you a bit about myself so that you get to know me better as we go along on this journey of travel. So first of all, I wanted to make this podcast. I called it the School of Travels because... I feel like there's so much you can learn about travels and from traveling. And I just think that in this day and age, there's really a lot, there are a lot of people that are afraid or that don't seem to travel so far. And I think that it's not as hard as people think. And there is just such a wealth of knowledge that you can learn by traveling maybe outside of your comfort zone or further than you normally would. Uh, And so I want to interview people and discuss different tips for travel that will encourage listeners to take trips that they've always wanted to, but they still haven't done, or get new ideas for places that they'd like to go, kind of push their own boundaries and go outside of their comfort zones as they learn about my guests and how much they've learned and they, they continue to learn through travel. So that's what really we're going to do with the School of Travels. It's going to be a mix of personal stories and interviews with a wide variety of people, but all travel lovers. And also, as I said, tips for how to maybe ease the fears or make things smoother as you take your own travel journeys. So thank you so much for coming along on this journey with me, and I hope you enjoy it. About myself, so I'm originally from Cincinnati, Ohio, and my own travel education, it started really young with me just reading books when I was a kid. I loved, for example, The Secret Garden always stands out to me as one of my favorite children's books. And in this book, the character is from the UK, uh, and she lived in India when she was a child, so you get a little bit about what it was like for her to live in India, And then, you know, mostly what her life is like in the UK with all these, this garden that she's trying to uh, recuperate and grow with her uncle and her cousin. And I just like right away remember like feeling that I wanted to go to the UK and India just from reading this book. Uh, Another book that stands out in my mind is um, The Jungle Book. I, I remember especially liking the movie when I was a kid. And I just thought, again, India looked so exotic. And I don't know if I wanted to go into the forest and learn how to talk with all the animals, but I definitely wanted to go to the jungle. Uh, And it just like started to awaken this like desire in me uh, to go to these places, even though I had not seen anything like that in my hometown. I do, I did spend most of my childhood in a suburb of Cincinnati. So what was around me were really some cornfields and shopping malls and, you know, restaurants around, uh, movie theaters. We had a bowling alley. Um, it wasn't a small, small town, but it wasn't a big city either. It was in between. So I had no real reference except what I was reading in books and what I was watching in movies. 
movies I loved, oh man, they included Indiana Jones. I loved all the Indiana Jones movies, but uh, especially Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. I don't really, I think it's because I love that dinner scene, which is quite creepy if you've seen the movie. Uh, and I love the minecart sequence, but all of this was, I think again, that was meant to take place in India. Um, but I just loved like how exotic everything seemed and, and the, you know, sections and uh, what I thought were like Israel or Jordan, just the Middle East, uh, e Egypt as well. It just seemed like so far away and exciting to me. I never looked at these things in the movies and thought, oh, I'd never want to go there. From a very young age, I did want to go there. Uh, another movie I really liked when I was a kid was uh, called Only You. This is a romantic comedy uh, for those who don't know. And it, ha it had um, Robert Downey Jr. and Marissa Tomei. And I saw it when I was like 12 years old, but they, the characters go to Italy. And I immediately wanted to go to Italy after seeing this movie. And you might too. I mean, this movie is a bit dated now, but I think it's still a lot of fun. And um, it, they go to this place there called Positano, Italy. And the first, I'll get to this part of the story, but the first trip I ended up taking to Europe, I went to that town because of the movie and it just lived up to my expectations and like fueled my fire to travel even more. So, so yeah, I spent my childhood. We didn't have, our family didn't have much money. I didn't, um, we didn't go, we always took road trips growing up and it was nice. I feel very blessed that my family did take me traveling once a year, at least in the car. We, we had a, my grandfather, his boss had a condo in Sanibel Island, Florida, and we used to make that drive once a year, which was about 17 hours for us, plus a one-night stay from Cincinnati to Sanibel Island. But we would, I guess, get a big discount to stay there, and I loved that island. I still do. If anyone's been there, it is really great for seashells, and it just, I guess, I always had a fun time traveling down there, and then eventually I got to take my first flight. I think I was nine or ten when that happened and we flew to Florida again um, and so like slowly started to spread my travel wings. Um, didn't leave the country until I was 17 when we went on a road trip again across the Canadian border to Toronto and by this time I was really thinking I mean I'd seen even more movies and I thought I really I want to do something international when I get older and I ended up going to Miami University in Ohio, and I heard that they were quite um, ambitious with their study abroad programs. Now, because of my lack of money at the time, uh, I actually worked a part-time job uh, in my hometown all through college, and my college was a 45-minute drive from my hometown, so I would live on campus during the week, but every weekend I was coming home and working uh, 30 hours a week at a movie theater. Uh, can you tell that I love movies? Still do. <laughs> um, that actually turned out to be, although I didn't get as rich of a college experience in terms of um, the party scene or like maybe a lot of activities I could have been involved in or clubs on campus, working the whole time during university really helped me not have as much college debt as I would have. And also I will say that my mother, like I was staying in state for the cost of my college. I got some scholarships, but my mother also paid for half of my schooling. I paid for the other half and my father paid for the books. So that was kind of how I was getting prepared financially to kind of 
decide whether or how far I was going to travel. And I always had it in mind, even from the beginning of college, I was very aware of how debt could play a role in me being feel, in feeling free to travel. So then I, uh, I worked that whole time. And when I graduated, my part of the debt was $15,000. Uh, and so, and this was, I will, I'll, I'll tell you my age here. This was in 2004. And I think it wasn't until 2007 or eight when the cost of college in the U S really started to skyrocket. So I think I got lucky for all those factors in terms of like my family didn't have much money, but I had a mother that was willing to take out loans herself because she thought it was her duty to help her two children, at least with half of school. And we were on our own for the rest. And I was lucky that I had a job that, and I liked it and it wasn't far away, but I did have to work hard to not get into big debt. Um, so I didn't have any debt. Um, I hadn't taken out any loans myself, and it was the summer before my senior year of college, and an opportunity came up in my university to um, do a study abroad that was just for two months in the summer. And for me, that seemed ideal because it was very expensive and also difficult with my college credits to graduate on time. If I did a semester abroad, a lot of the programs were um, not completely aligned with my program or they were like uh, it was just a lot more expensive to to go for three or four months to Europe instead of um, this two months in the summer. And the program actually I don't know if this program still exists in at Miami University, but it was amazing. It was um, because the instead of going to a university, one campus for four months, we had five different base cities in Europe, and we studied and prepared some presentations in the spring semester uh, before we went on our trip so that we had less to do while we were actually in class in those two months in, the, in Europe. So um, we ended up, like, we flew, we all flew to London together. There were 120 students. And then we would have class essentially from Monday morning until Wednesday at noon. And our classes would take place in the conference centers or the ballrooms of these hotels that our professors had set up for us. We had four professors. And by Wednesday at noon, the professors would say, okay, you know that by Sunday night you have to be in the next base city, but you are on your own. We are not going to be with you. We are just... Uh, we're leaving you and you've got to do everything on your own until I just you've got to get to the hotel yourself Sunday night so I'll never forget like we started in London all together and I mean we had some crazy times even the first night one of our one of the students in my class was hit by a double-decker bus survived like not you know wasn't a serious injury but like his face was messed up (laughs) I remember um, he'd gotten drunk that first day and like already we were having issues but by the Wednesday we all together, 120 of us and our, our professors, we took the Eurostar to Paris. When we got to the Paris Eurostar station, our professors left us. There was a train strike going on. And uh, it, was, uh, it was just, I'll never forget, like I had one close friend that I'd actually gone to elementary school with who I'd reunited with in college. And she joined my finance major program just because she wanted to do this two-month trip with me and I'll never forget like we had to find our way slowly slowly uh during a a, like transit strike to get to our hostel we'd booked because our you know we didn't have these hotels anymore for that until the Sunday night 
Um, and I'll never forget, we finally get to the hostel and I, I say, hey, we're in room three. And they said, okay, we don't have the key here, so you're just gonna have to get find a way in. And there was an open window in our room and, I, and we threw our luggage through the window and crawled through the window. And that was the very first hostel I ever stayed in. So that's how my traveling abroad beyond Canada really started. So um, actually this program was, I think, the perfect way to get acquainted with being really independent while traveling. And I was helped by having a friend with me who was also new at traveling herself and I mean was from the very same hometown but the two of us I kind of felt you know I felt a lot more confident having her with me and so yeah like we we got through the, the Paris section of our trip and then we our next uh, city was actually Barcelona so it was just we we traveled all around Europe and ended up going to 12 countries uh, in that first experience so by the end when I came back to Ohio I was just the travel fire had been lit within me. I'd seen all these places that I, like, I love the movie Amelie, and I went to Amelie's cafe where she works in Paris, and everything was becoming real, and I was like, I still want to travel. I think even though I'm graduating and there, there are jobs that I might be able to find in Cincinnati, honestly, I, I have a double major in finance and English literature because I clearly didn't know what I wanted to do, and I was doing some finance interviews and I got to the second stage with a few, but you know, I just, my heart was not in it. I was not ready to stay in my hometown where I'd grown up forever. And no one in my family had ever moved away. I mean, nobody from my family is from another country. Nobody ever married someone from another country. Like we're very rooted where we are. And we've checked our family tree. Like our time in America goes back at least 200 years. Um, we're, we're, <laughs> we've been there for a while. So it was just like, I wanted something different. And I thought, you know, right after college is the best opportunity. And so in my final semester, you know, this is after coming back from Europe, there was a company that had come to a career fair at my university for the very first time. And the company was called Nova. And Nova turned out to be a large conversation school chain in um, Tokyo or it's in Japan, I should say. And, uh, I had recently seen to go with the movie theme to keep the movie theme going. I had seen lost in translation that year, which is about two people that connect in Tokyo and kind of go around and see a bit of the city together. And, um, I always joke that that movie is about aching loneliness, but at least the, uh, the city itself, the city of Tokyo looked really cool to me for some reason I connected with it. So when I saw this like Nova company with their booth and they had this sign that said a year of adventure in Japan. And I thought I could do a year and this year would be perfect. Like I had a boyfriend at the time and he still had two years of school. And I thought, okay, this might be it. And it turned out it was a very easy interview process. Um, they were, they had a lot of people that they hired every year at that time. And uh, I just, my parents were actually quite supportive. They drove me up to Chicago with them, which was where the interview took place. And we stayed in a hotel and I went for the interview and I was pretty excited. And, um, and the interesting thing too was that at the career fair, I, I told the um, interviewer, or the, the representative, which, uh, where I was from. And I said my high school's name as well. And he said, oh, do you know this person? And this person had gone to my high school but had gone to a different university. He said, she just joined, signed with us. 
you should contact her and ask her about this job. And I ended up finding, this was in, you know, 2004. I found her name in this directory of her college on the early version of Google. And I just called the phone number and she answered. And she's like, yep, I'm going, I'm going too. And so I think that was just really, it gave me the confidence to decide that I was going to do this. I had never studied Japanese. I'd never thought about Japan until I saw that movie a, a month or two before. And I just thought, I, I heard that Japan was actually a very safe place for a woman to go by herself. And uh, I was going to be going by myself. I and knowing no one there. I never even had, I knew no one who'd ever been there. So this was really going to be kind of a, a shot in the dark, but I did get the job offer and they were going to provide me an apartment and they were going to, they said, arrange for someone to meet me at the airport and make sure every step of the way that I got to my apartment in Tokyo. And uh, that's exactly what happened. When I got off the plane, I just, there was kind of this whole onboarding process. Nova was very used to taking care of people this way. I do remember standing in the busiest train station in the world, Shinjuku Station, and people just going back and forth in front of me every which way. And I, th I thought, I have no idea where to go at all. And I wouldn't know how to read anything or ha ask anyone either. And I mean, this is, of course, long before smartphones, long before Google Maps, anything, you know, there's no connection here. So I'm just waiting for the representative to show up and help me. And they did. A few minutes later, they did come. But um, yeah, like I think those moments of travel, that's when you learn a lot about yourself and, and how you're going to use like coping mechanisms to to fight what could seem to be a very overwhelming thing. And you're trying not to already feel homesick. But um, I pushed past that and just kind of trusted the people that were right in front of me that it would be okay if I asked enough questions and, and got to the next part myself. And I, I was never afraid. I, I think even now I'm never afraid of um, looking stupid. I'll just ask the questions I need to ask. This might be my whole like Ohio upbringing. I don't know, <laughs> but um, that's always steered me well. And so, yes, then I lived in, I, and I moved to Tokyo and I ended up staying for a very long time. I stayed with Nova for three years uh, I, there's a whole story about Nova that I might share in another episode, um, but uh, I ended up going back to Cincinnati for what turned out to be 10 months, missed Japan very much, moved back, did a completely different job there for another four years, uh, moved back again to Cincinnati for six months, and then missed it again and thought, okay, this time I'm going to get a graduate degree and I'm going to pay for it by working in Tokyo as a teacher. So I went back again to a different job again, uh, mostly involved with involved with teaching and finance. I, I worked uh, in the tax department in, in Tokyo as well for PricewaterhouseCoopers the second time I was in Japan. But uh, yeah, I knew that I understood Tokyo by that point. And the, the whole time I lived in Tokyo, I never lived in the countryside or Kyoto, but it became like a very solid base for me to even push my travel boundaries further because Tokyo pays in Japanese yen and the Japanese yen has proven to be a pretty reliable currency and a, a, quite a strong currency compared to the Thai bot. You see a lot of teachers going to Thailand or South Korea with the won. So that yen took me pretty far in other countries. 
Uh, also in Tokyo, you have every embassy in the world for all the different countries. So if I wanted to go somewhere, instead of in Cincinnati or many towns in the world, you'd have to mail your passport to the capital city and you would lose, it would take several weeks. I could go to the embassy directly and wait one day, maybe two days at the most to get a visa to somewhere. So through that first experience living in Japan and kind of changing my entire life at the age of 22, I kind of shifted from thinking that the world was a huge, intimidating and overwhelming place to it is a huge place, but it's not as scary as it, it you know you hear about or that you, you think it's going to be. So yeah, from Tokyo, I really, I've now traveled to 64 countries and I, yeah, the majority of those were being based in Tokyo. Those couple of times that I left Tokyo, I did have six months or usually I would travel for two months at a time for some reason, but I would use those breaks to, to take longer trips to, especially to places where it was hard to get to from Tokyo on a two-week vacation, for example, South America. So I've now spent considerable time in every continent except Africa. I've been to Africa twice, but not. there's still many countries there that I want to see. And that, again, is also it's not close to Japan. And I think I've always wanted to take that really long African trip. But that is my background of my travel education um, I still, when I go home to Cincinnati, I get, I get less questions now because I've been traveling so long, but I still get a sense that people don't quite understand what it is about travel that I find so appealing or why I keep doing it. But I just want to say and to all the listeners out there and to family members um, that, you know, it's just, it's this never ending education that you get when you're moving around and meeting people from all over the world. It is amazing when you start traveling that you start to realize that you're making friends in all these countries. And I started myself knowing no one from another country. I met one girl whose mother was British in Cincinnati, but that was it. Like the, her mother was living in Cincinnati. And, and so, you know, there was no connection there. Maybe she'd had a friend in the UK I could have asked to stay with, but I had no connections to the outside, you know, outside of America. And um, but now like I, it's been over 10 years, over 15 years now that I've been traveling. And I really, if, if I don't know someone in a country, I usually know someone who does. And if I wanted to stay with people or friends of friends, I probably could. Um, and we'll, we'll talk in future episodes about when you might want to do that versus staying in an Airbnb or staying in a hotel. But, um, yeah, that's, that's an amazing benefit and a, you know, that you get from, going on these travel journeys. And I also, I'll say too, that I don't have any children yet. Um, I, my sister, my lovely sister, two years younger, she has three children. And uh, I'm really grateful to her because it did help my mother, I think, find more peace with me not yet having children and not being at home. My sister actually lives two hours away from my, from my hometown um, in her college town where she, uh, which she fell in love with. So that, that has been one thing that, that did really help. And my, my mother did eventually realize that I was going to keep traveling. And so the, the stress of that or the, the guilt was eased a bit. And I'm also very grateful to her for that. Um, but 
uh, yeah, I haven't had children yet because I've been on the move. And, and some, you know, times you would think that is, that, that is, that is a loss. It's, it's a sacrifice for, uh, this lifestyle that I've particularly chosen to lead. But I think also the, all the things you learn, all the things you see and the memories that you have that you're going to take with you for life. It's, it's been amazing. So that is my background. Um, I'm currently traveling as a, well, two terms I've heard, digital nomad or location independent. Uh, I guess I want to say I'm location independent. <laughs> but uh, I, from last November, I left Japan again. And I, I'm actually now a permanent resident of Japan. And that means that I stayed for at least over 10 years with a visa. And then I applied for the permanent residency so I'm treated like a Japanese resident in a lot of ways, but I do have to come back once a year to Japan. And I'm currently in Japan, actually, recording this episode. But uh, from last November, I so for nine months, I've been traveling uh, nonstop, shall we say, and going around the world, uh, working from hotels, from hostels, from co-working spaces, uh, doing work as an a proofreader. Um, there's a lot of proofreading jobs you can find online and I've just kind of pieced together work with that. Um, the English literature, literature degree definitely helped me, I feel <laughs> with that, but that's what I'm currently doing. Um, and it's, it's a, I'll probably do a, another episode on that itself. And I'm going to be interviewing some location independent digital nomad, uh, people as well. So you'll learn more about that, but that's my current state, my current educational state and travel, I should say. But um, I hope that you are going to enjoy this podcast and you're going to learn a lot. And I'm always going to be receptive and ready to answer your questions that you may be sending the podcast. Um, so we are going to be shortly at the School of Travels on Instagram. But um, I am excited to start this journey with you. And I'm hoping to get a website up soon. And yeah, that is my story, and we're going to soon have our first interview with someone and how they have, and wh what they've learned and what their travel journey has been as well. So welcome to the School of Travels. I look forward to sharing this journey with you. Thank you for listening to the School of Travels podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, I'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and leave us a review on iTunes. Special thanks to The Sam Chase for allowing us to use their song, In a Perfect World. Don't forget to join us next week for another episode, and remember to always let travel be your teacher. If you keep your options open, there are places you will go. They will treat you like the king. Parents thought you'd be when you were born. You'd see it all with your head up standing tall. And you'd look back and think it's funny how you spent your time and money.